1: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
0: And you are listening to Calvary Live, the program where you, the listener, call in and you ask questions. Maybe you have questions about the Bible. Maybe you have questions about Christian living or about current events. How do we look at it at a Christian worldview? I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and take you to the Word of God So give me a call at 303-690-3000. This is your show, you who are tuned in uh, to uh, Grace FM, all along the Front Range in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming. And also I want to welcome all of you on the East Coast listening in on Truth and Hope FM. You are a week delayed, but you can call this number 303-690-3000 give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. I'd love to also take your prayer requests and, and pray with you as we all come together, those of us who are listening right now, and we get to, to go to the throne of grace, as Hebrews chapter 4 tells us, in time of need. And it's so wonderful that we as Christians are able to do that. So lines are open. Give me a call, whether um, you're out in the park, maybe taking a walk, and you're listening uh, on your phone. Uh, if you have opportunity to call, maybe you're getting a snack ready for the kids. Uh, maybe uh, you're uh, at work and you're able to take time to give me a call. Maybe you're uh, driving a truck uh, or a tractor in the rural areas of Well County or Southern Wyoming. Uh is you can safely give me a call, give me a call, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. There is another means for you to be able to ask a question or give me your prayer request, and that's through texting. There is a dedicated text line. That number is 720-336-0897. So this is really your show, and without you, the listener, calling in, and uh, conversing um, and asking questions and uh, giving prayer requests. Uh, We don't have a show, so I'd love to talk to you uh, and bless you in any way that I can um, with the Word of God, giving you clarity and understanding as you call in, 303-690-3000. If you call in early, we can get you on air, and as we have time, we'll go to those text questions. So 720-336-0897 is the dedicated text line. I'd like to start the show out um, this afternoon. And for those of you in, in listening on Grace FM today, uh, you know that our state is going through some extreme drought, and we had a dry winter, especially uh, with um, the southern Colorado portion and western Colorado. And we have some wildfires that are going on. And those of you who are listening on the East Coast, out here in the West, uh, when we have wildfires that happen, They can spread very quickly and uh, much of the state the whole southern portion of the state and uh, it keeps uh, increasing the area of extreme drought and there's some fires that have broken out Uh, there is the 416 fire in our southwest corner of the state uh, that has grown to twenty three thousand acres, over two thousand homes have been evacuated there's nine hundred firefighters that are on that fire and so we want to pray for for those who um, have had to evacuate their homes and that can be a very stressful thing and i'm sure that you uh, that are listening on hope f m and truth f m that you've seen the news where in California or perhaps in the West, where these fires can get very big and homes uh, end up uh, being burnt. And uh, many homes over the last several years in Colorado have gone just through that. Uh, And it's very stressful to be evacuated from your home Wondering if it's going to make it through the fire as the fire approaches. So, we want to pray for the firefighters that are there trying to save structures and homes. We want to pray for their safety. And uh, there is another fire just west of that one, the 416 fire, the borough fire, and it's over 2,000 acres and it is spreading. And the temperatures continue to be warm. They're going to continue to be warm till this weekend. We're hoping that we're going to get some rain and some tropical moisture uh, from Mexico and from the Pacific that will come into Colorado that will help the firefighters and help uh, to uh, slow down these fires. And also there is a fire that is burning on the Colorado-Wyoming uh, border uh, in Woods Landing. Now those in Laramie uh, and uh, in Woods Landing, you are in our listening area. And so what I understand and just what I read is that the evacuated Woods Landing in Jelm, and that's an area I'm very familiar with because I, I go... It, through that area, when I, I go fishing up in the Snowies or up down to Hunholds, I got uh, Highway 230 closed and Highway 10 in the Holtz that is closed as well. So we want to pray for those who uh, in Woods Landing are being evacuated. So Father, we do pray. We pray that as these fires are breaking out and we have extreme fire conditions here in Colorado, it's early in June and this 416 fire has been burning since June 1st and, and Lord we just pray that for that moisture to move in and for for you to be with the firefighters I pray that structures would be saved and and Lord we know that um that they're just things but our homes or or you know uh where we live it can be so stressful and the things that uh, that mean so much to us the little things um can go up and and burn so quickly and Lord, I pray more than anything that this would cause the people of Colorado and in the West and in our nation to really get on our knees and draw close to you. And uh, we do ask for those, again, of the Sheriff's Office, of the Forest Service, uh, to protect them, be with them, give them wisdom. We pray for relief. We pray for those who are out of their homes, that you'd bring comfort to them and uh, in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. You know, one of the things um, that... Uh, has happened is they've closed the whole San Juan National Forest, which is nearly 2 million acres. It's the largest national forest in Colorado. The whole national forest is closed. You can't go uh, hiking. You can't uh, go in and camp. Uh, It is all closed off because that's how bad it is. That's how severe the drought is. I've never heard of that in the 45 years that I've lived here in Colorado. So continue to pray for us and and be with us. Well, let's go to Jay in Littleton. Jay? Uh, Hi. How are you, Jay?
3: I'm doing good. Thank you for taking my call. I just need a prayer. Sure. I've been looking for a job. I haven't been getting any luck that works for uh, with the schedule for with my family. It's kind okay. of frustrating. So I just need a prayer that uh, God would lead me in a job that works with the schedule to sit with my family. And also I need uh, peace in my family and uh, hope.
0: Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely, Chey. And it, is, it can be hard. It can be so difficult and stressful when we're needing a job and trying to find that job that works, that's, you know, compatible with uh, with not only providing for your family, but just, um, you know, with your duties and, and responsibilities that you have for them. So, Jay, we're going to pray. We're all going to join in together as we pray for Jay. Father, we do pray that you would just help him find the right job. He's, it's been hard. Uh, he's frustrated right now, uh, trying to find a job that works with their schedule, that that he can minister to his family, but also to provide for his family. So I pray that you would do that, that you would um, bring him to the right job uh, that will meet his needs and be a blessing to his family. And Lord, I pray for Jay that he wouldn't get discouraged. You promise that you will um, meet our needs, um, that you will supply all our needs in Christ Jesus. And that we can depend on you. Jay desires to provide for his family, so take him to that right job and just encourage him. And Lord, we just pray uh, that you would meet his needs in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Jay, we're going to continue to pray. Keep us updated, okay?
3: Okay, thank you. God
2: bless.
0: God bless you, Jay. Bye bye. Okay, we got open lines 303-690-3000. six nine zero three thousand. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. I live in Northern Colorado, and we start the show by just praying for our fighter fighters here in Colorado. And I appreciate you letting me do that. Um, you may have some fiery trials that are going on in your life. And give me a call. I'd love to pray with you and encourage you in any way that um, I can. Also, there is a text line that you can uh, be able to text in a question or a prayer request, and that is uh, the number seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Matter of fact, let's go to a text question in the Battle uh, of Armageddon. The Scripture says, "'Jesus will return.'" But in Isaiah, it says Jesus will return when Israel is under siege and being ravaged, and they will turn to the Lord, and he will return. Is this the same event in different locations? It's a very good question that is being asked, because as we study the end-time scenario, we do know that the Battle of Armageddon is the last world war uh, at the end of the tribulation period. For those of you who may be new to end-time Uh, study uh, of the scriptures in times scenario, Uh, there is a final seven-year period that is called the uh, tribulation period. And so um, we uh, know that at the end of that tribulation period that the nations of the world are going to gather there in the Valley of Jezreel or the Valley of Megiddo in northern Israel, and it is at that time that Jesus said that if he had not come back, man would have destroyed himself. He's going to come back and he's going to rescue Israel, that seems to be, according to Zechariah chapter 14, about ready to go under. Joel chapter 2 speaks of it as well. And we know that their eyes are going to be open, they're going to realize that Jesus is their Mashiach, their Messiah. And at Romans chapter 11, Paul writes that at that time all of Israel will be saved. So they kind of coincide. Jesus coming back, um, there's uh, the Jews recognizing that Jesus is their Messiah, um, that uh, we know that God is opening up their eyes. Paul writes about that in Romans chapter 11. We also know that um, that Jesus said that he will gather his elect from the four corners of the earth, and that is speaking of his people, the Jews. Actually, we were reading in Isaiah where he's going to stop first in Petra, where it is believed the remnant of the Jews are going to flee the Antichrist, and then he's going to come to the Mount of Olives, and then he is going to uh, destroy those armies that will stop fighting themselves, Um, and then they will turn and try to keep Jesus from coming back. We know from Revelation chapter 19 that he will speak, and he will destroy those armies, and the blood from that battle will flow as high as a horse's bridle uh, there through the city of Jerusalem, through the Kidron Valley. It's just a terrible, horrible time. But Jesus then will judge the nations, and then he will restore the nation of Israel and then usher in his kingdom. So, all those things taking place at the end of the tribulation period. So, good question. If you got any more questions about the end time scenario, uh, it's interesting because a lot of, of Christians really don't know. There's uh, unfortunately many churches that don't uh, do Bible studies uh, at the, uh, concerning the end times uh, or studies in the book of Revelation or the Old Testament. Uh, prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ, and I think it's important for us to be discerning in the day in which we're living in. It's important for us to understand that Jesus is going to come back, and we have the privilege of knowing what God's Word has to say about the last days, the latter days, and that final seven-year period, which is the most documented period of time in the Bible, and what's going to take place. And so a good question, and um and Um, it's it's something that Isaiah says when when you start reading the prophecies of Isaiah, that these things will come to pass. Even as Revelation chapter 1, John, write these things that will come to pass. Not that they might come to pass, or it's a possibility that these things will be fulfilled. Well, let's go back to our phone lines to Chris in Denver. Chris? Chris? Chris, you're on Calvary Live. Hello, Chris, you're on Calvary Live.
2: Hey, how are you doing today?
0: Good, how are you, Chris?
3: Uh, Doing pretty good. Just uh, having a heavy heart for um, the the missionaries today that are out in our world that have left uh, their homes uh, to go serve and live their life
0: in other countries
3: to uh, sacrifice uh, for the furtherance of the gospel. So if we could pray for them.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. I think that's such a great prayer request. We don't want to forget about our missionaries and um, those who are out in the field, around the world. Um, they're so awesome, so appreciative of them uh, to take the call of God um, away from their homes, um, to go into uh, the four corners of the world and, um, and to establish churches, to raise up uh, yeah. ministers. It's awesome, isn't it? And uh, I I love to hear their story. So they need, I think the point that I want to make is, and what you're saying, is they need our prayers and they need our support. And let's do that right now. So, Father, I thank you for Chris calling and um, thinking about the missionaries, so many of them around the world. And um, I pray that you would be with them, uh, that you would provide for them, that is, they are taking the gospel. Uh, to the nations, uh, to areas that are unknown to us, as they take the gospel and the word of God uh, to hostile areas, Lord, that you would use them, sustain them, as they go through sickness, as they go through uh, distress. E- even as I think about Paul's ministry, um, how he writes about um, just the difficulties they went through, but bring in the word of God and the gospel as you commanded us to do. So provide for them, bless them, Lord, be with them and their families. And uh, Lord, I pray also for all who are listening because we all have a mission field. And um, it may be not across the seas or in another nation, but in our neighborhood, in our workplaces, um, to our families. Lord, we're all missionaries. And uh, so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to keep that perspective of we are sent out wherever you have planted us to be light and truth to others. But Lord, we do lift up those who have left um, here, their homes, their families to go uh, to foreign nations. We want to support them. We pray for them. Uh, we just pray that you would work mightily through them and use them in these last days that we are in. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus'
2: name, amen. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. I Appreciate it. God bless your day.
0: You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. The number to call, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines, and let's uh, talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to Luke and Firestone. Luke? Hi, how are you? Good, Luke. How are you?
3: Good. I just had a question on Joseph. When Potiphar's wife was continually approaching him, and he continued to turn her down over and over again. I guess I just was wondering why he didn't preemptively go to Potiphar and say, I'm, I'm loyal to you, but your wife continues to seek me out. I need some help. Right. I, there's probably a cultural reason, but I just want to know why he wouldn't have done that.
0: You know, the Bible doesn't really say, um, you know, you're you're asking and we can speculate. Um, you got to remember that Joseph was only about 17 years old. He's probably afraid uh, the whole household was entrusted to joseph, and um, maybe he thought it would stop. Uh, maybe he was afraid to tell Potter for that because you know he would come back and say you 're a liar and you know um, and throw him in prison. There may have been a lot of reasons why, but God, you know put mm-hmm. yourself in his sandals uh, what an amazing young man Joseph. Um, he could have very easily said, while well, in Egypt I might as well act like the Egyptians and in the world. Of course, Egypt is a typology of the world. And and he could have probably thought, I can get away with this. But I love what his response was. How can I do this great wickedness um, in front of my God and before my God? And he f- he fled, didn't he? And he ended up getting—she lied about it— and. Chances are maybe he thought that if he said anything to Potiphar that she would lie. She would say he's lying about it. Maybe he knew that. So we can just speculate. But I think the main thing is is such an incredible lesson to us because every time that there's a truth in the New Testament, there's an Old Testament illustration, it's, it seems to be. And Paul comes along and he tells Timothy, flee useful lust. And we see that illustration, what, in Joseph. And um, what an just incredible young man that he didn't, he saw it as wickedness and he said, How can I do this wickedness before my God? And he fled. But also to remind you that every time that God tells us to flee something, he wants us to pursue something else. And that is to pursue righteousness. And, and that's what he says, Tim, uh, Paul to Timothy flee useful lust, but pursue righteousness. So. I don't know, um, Luke, if that helps, but we can just speculate the Bible doesn't really say. But I imagine he was probably afraid, wouldn't you think?
3: Yeah, I just was thinking that it would help him cover his tail. Look, I just don't want to be around her. Can you help me continue to be loyal to you, so to speak?
0: Yeah, and I think he was afraid. It's It's a... You know, a little different here. You know, you, we're encouraged maybe to do that if, if there's any kind of advancements or harassment at work to go to a supervisor. But man, back in those times, he was probably afraid, you know, probably afraid she would lie. I don't know, but he didn't do it. And, uh, but he did do the right thing by um, trying to uh, and doing honoring God um, in fleeing that situation. All right.
3: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
0: You bet, Luke. Thanks for calling. I appreciate your call. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And there's so many incredible lessons with young Joseph. He uh, was one that uh, he lived his life after the Lord. And I, I think that we can stop and, and think about Joseph as Luke called in with this question. And he he fled. He He got out of there. And geography sometimes is really important. And maybe there are some that are listening here right now that you're being tempted in some way. Maybe it's with uh, immorality, with a relationship that you know is not right. Maybe it's being involved in sin, um, uh, people putting pressure on you, that, hey, let's go party, let's take drugs, let's go drinking. and, And you need to flee. You need to get out of there and not entertain that temptation Maybe it's pulling up things on the computer, pornography or something. You need to have distance. you need to flee uh that sin and need to pursue uh is righteousness and holiness and go to the lord and Jesus said, "Pray always um and that you may not." Uh, fall into temptation to his disciples, and we need to be praying and seeking the lord and um, because there 's all that temptation that 's around us there 's a lot of uh, things that can pull us into sin, and Joseph knew something that we need to understand. Joseph knew that his God was watching, and Joseph knew that God was there uh, and uh, he didn 't want to sin before his God, and that 's the way I want to to be more like that that lord i don 't want to do this this sin before you, because it's wrong, and um, it's not the way that you want me to live, and it hurts your heart, and it's going to hurt me eventually. So, so many powerful lessons as we think about it, um, the things that, uh, that we learn from Joseph in his life. And then the other thing, too, about Joseph, uh, while we're, we're um, talking about him, is that uh, Joseph was uh, one that um, he did what was right in front of the Lord And he was one that, uh, you know, even though he was in prison, thrown in prison for that, uh, he continued to try to please the Lord, and the Lord took care of him. And we need to always do what is right, Uh, do what is right before the Lord. Uh, We need to uh, make sure that we are one that uh, we pursue him uh, and his righteousness in every way that we can, and know that God's going to take care of us well. 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Give me a call, and let's talk about um, the things of the Lord. And uh, let's uh, go to the Bible to get clarity and understanding. And uh, we're going to go ahead and go to our text line, which is 720-336-0897. And um, let me just kind of pull this up and go through it um, and see what we got here. Um, I was wondering, in the book of Revelation, it has 144,000 names written in there. Is that all that God will allow into heaven, or is that the uh, names that will not have to go through the tribulation period? That's a good question. There's a lot of confusion concerning uh, the 144,000 that are mentioned in Revelation chapter 7 and in Revelation chapter 14. And what we were told that in the tribulation period, that there's going to be 144,000, and I'll go to Revelation chapter 7, that are going to be chosen of God. they are going to be Jewish believers, 12,000 from each of the uh, 12 tribes of Israel, and that is mentioned very carefully there uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 7, told to us very plainly that uh, even the tribes are mentioned there. Uh, and I heard the number of those, I'm reading from Revelation chapter 7, uh, of those who were sealed, 144,000, all of the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed, 12,000 from Judah, and Reuben, and Gad, and Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, uh, from Issachar, Zebulon, Joseph, and Benjamin. So obviously these are Jewish converts, and then we see their ministry in verses 9 um, and following, that after these things, John writes, that I look and behold a great multitude, which no one could number, all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white white robes, palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So apparently what it looks like is these 144,000 have the ministry to where they're going to be evangelists, and they are going to go throughout the world evangelizing. So they are not the only ones that will make it to heaven. That's an old Jehovah Witness doctrine that only 144,000 are going to make it, because we know in this chapter it tells us that there are a great number from all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, crying, Salvation belongs to our God and the one who sits on the throne. So salvation comes to the tribulation saints, which there's going to be many that are going to come to Jesus. They will be persecuted very heavily by the Antichrist, as well as the Jews that will reject the Antichrist in the tribulation period when he goes into the rebuilt temple to proclaim himself as God. And we also know that before that, that the Church is going to be in heaven. So any believer in the Lord Jesus Christ— um, is uh, belongs to Jesus. We have the spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father, and we're going to be with Him for all eternity. And then the 144,000 are going to be evangelists in the tribulation period. So that's all that's going on. And if you hear that there's only 144,000 that will make it to heaven, it's a false doctrine, and you want to be careful and stay away from it. So there's a lot of confusion. Also, in Revelation chapter 14, we see that they're sealed and, um, and um, they have purity in their lives. There, there's so much that is there. And not only are they proclaiming the gospel, but there's an angel that's going to proclaim the gospel uh, throughout all the world during the tribulation. And also, that's according to Revelation 14. And you have the two witnesses in Jerusalem, according to Revelation chapter 11. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the tribulation period. That's why it's important for us to understand. What is going to take place in the last day? So, hey, we're going to go to break, but we have open lines. So I encourage you, grab one of those open lines. Love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back in about 90 seconds.
1: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
0: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I'm your host for the next half hour, the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs, and I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Colorado, I've been pastoring the church for 22 years. We started in our living room, and we have watched God be so faithful and so good. We give Him the glory over these years. um, It's such a privilege to be a part of it. It's such a privilege to be a part of Grace FM and Calvary Live uh, to have the opportunity to host the show on Tuesdays, and sometimes uh, other times I'll fill in for the pastors. Uh, So I just desire to be able to answer as best I know how and point you to the scriptures, uh, questions you may have about the Bible, or to pray with you and encourage you uh, to answer questions about Christian living or uh, current events. And uh, So give me a call at 303-690-3000. We have some open lines and love to talk to you. Let me give you that text line again, and that is 720-336-0897. And uh, we'll go to the text questions uh, as we have time that permits us to. So, uh, again, it's so good to be with you. Well, let's go to the phone lines to Jake in Castle Rock. Hey, Hi, Jake.
1: Hey, how you doing today?
0: Good. How are you?
1: I'm all right. Uh, I just had a question for you, if I could, and it's uh, a really sensitive one, I guess, within the church, and I'm sure you guys have probably dug into it before, but I just uh, probably missed it that day, but I was really interested about the topic of divorce within the Christian church, and kind of what your personal views are on it, because, I mean, I feel like Scripture's pretty straightforward, but then I feel like as Christians, we kind of dance around the issue, I guess is the best way to put it, Um, and then obviously Mm -hmm. there's grace, but um, I was really curious if you think that people can get remarried after being divorced and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that.
0: Well, people can get remarried. The question is, is it God's will? You know, what does this word have to say? And, you know, in in 26 years of ministry, and Jake, I'm getting a little bit of feedback from you, so I don't know if your radio's on or what. There you go. But Jake, you know, 26 years of ministry, um, I've seen a lot of divorce. I've talked to couples, and, and um, you know, we know that it's God's desire. Um, they they came and asked Jesus a question about divorce in Matthew chapter 19, I believe it is, and they were asking um, Jesus that very question that what you're saying. Um, he he they came to him and said that. Um, you know, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And Jesus answered and said, Have you not read from the uh, that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And then he gives the definition of marriage. He says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and join to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So when two people become married between a man and a woman, that's the biblical definition of marriage. They're back in the garden that they become one. We don't fully understand it, but that's what the Word of God declares. And then Jesus, he says that, so then they are no longer two but one, therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. And so um, what he is telling us very clearly that it's God's intention that a man and a woman be married for as long as they both shall live. And so they asked him, then why did Moses... Command to give a certificate of divorce to put her away. And Jesus answered by saying, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. So, the first question about divorce we know it's not God's will, that his will is that, that a husband and wife be married for the rest of their lives, as long as they both shall live. It is a holy institution uh, that we know that God calls in the book of Malachi. And it is something that Paul writes about in Ephesians chapter 5 that is really a testimony of our relationship with our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. So husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her, that we as husbands are to love our wives in cherishing them and serving them, loving them unconditionally, and then wives, you are to Uh, be submitted to your husband, and that's a picture as we are submitted to our bridegroom, Jesus Christ, who is so wonderful and, and gracious to us. But divorce does happen because of hardness of heart. And it happens for various reasons. Sometimes it happens in the case, I think, that you're asking, of uh, sexual immorality. Jesus goes on to answer that question in chapter 19 of Matthew. He says, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. And um, so... Uh, he gives a clear indication that it's sin, and he gives a clear indication that if you marry another that you commit sexual uh immorality is what he says uh he or that is he commits adultery uh, if you marry another um, whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery and and so um Jesus is talking about um he takes so serious God does. This commitment of marriage that if you divorce um, except for sexual immorality and marry another you commit adultery it doesn't say that you live in adultery says that you committed adultery so I think where the church sometimes comes in and says that you know there are those well you're you're married to this person you're living in adultery Uh, I think that's stretching what the scripture has to say now we also know that first Corinthians chapter 7 comes along and says to the Corinthians who are asking about marriage, and Paul is saying that, um, that a wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and a husband is not to divorce his wife. What he's saying is keep your marriage vows, and if you do get divorced, that you remain single um, until... Uh, and be reconciled to your your wife. So you don't commit that adultery, that sin. Here's where it gets sticky. You know, um, there are people that come to me, they got divorced when they were young or before they were Christian. Uh, their ex-spouse is already married. They meet somebody. Um, they, um, you know, uh, it's been years of past. There's all kinds of different scenarios. They have opportunity to start a new life with somebody, um, you know, do you marry them or not? I think there's room for grace personally, and um, and I believe that it is something that we go over case by case in getting counseling with people and talking to them what the scripture has to say. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a serious matter, but divorce is not an unforgivable sin, and I think there's room for grace in that. Uh, but we need to take our very marriage vows very, very serious and really know what the Word of God has to say, so Jack, I appreciate
1: really good, um, just because you know i am trying to sift my way through things and figure some stuff out and um so sadly, right now i'm I'm in the the end stages of a divorce, and it's not something that I ever wanted um and there was no like infidelity or unfaithfulness or anything. Eventually, it was more or less that, I guess, uh, I was just told that we fell out of love. Um, so I was just kind of seeing what the the consequences of that are, and then, um, you know, just kind of what yeah,
0: yeah, and Jake, I, I want to encourage you to really seek the Lord at this time and to keep praying and to be praying that is there a, you know opportunity for you guys to be reconciled and I think that's the will of God according to first Corinthians chapter 7 to really seek that out and pray to the Lord about it and um, and and to really you know get involved you know talk to a pastor in your church get involved with the men and have them be praying with you and I'm sorry that you're going through something difficult, um, but it is God's will for you to be married to your wife. And just pray for a miracle. And 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 I don't, you know, we don't have time to go through everything. I would ask you more questions, like, are you guys? Did you get counseling? Are you willing to go through counseling? Um, and and if you haven't, that's what I would encourage you to do, and um, to seek godly counsel from a pastor from a, your church if you're involved in a church. And um and really, really seek the Lord at this time and and pray that the Lord somehow, as you're at the end of the divorce, um, even if it goes through, that Lord, for us to be reconciled. So, um, Jake will be praying for you. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I pray Thank for you. Jake. And he's going through a difficult time and and divorce hurts and there's a tearing of that one flesh. And Lord, I pray you be with him. I pray you save his marriage. I really do that you would intervene, step in. We know it's your will, um, that let no man put asunder, as Jesus said, and and that um, the love that has grown cold, that you would uh, rekindle that love. And so, Lord, I just pray for him and his wife. Um, I pray that there be a miracle, that you would work, and they'd come back together in Jesus' name. Hey, Jake, can I say one more thing? Sure the Lord just kind of brought this to me as, um, as I was praying in the book of Ephesus, you said that you just kind of fell out of love. Uh, that is in the book of revelation, Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches. The first letter that he wrote was to the church of Ephesus. Have you ever read that? Yes. And he commended them. You've worked hard. You stand on truth. Um, you, um, You know, you labor, I know your works, but he said something. He said, but you've left your first love. Uh You've left it. So he says, remember from which you have fallen, repent, and return, the three R's. And I want to encourage you, for you guys to really think about, you know, those first works that you did. You know, remember from which you have fallen. Remember what it was like when you first were in love. You know how you took walks together and you talked and and you came together turn repent is the second r and then the third r is you know um you know do those first works again um go back and and remember to repent and then return is the third r return to that do those things, and then I add a fourth one not to add to the scriptures but remain there. You know, what were you doing that caused you to come together? Were you talking? Were you communicating? You're serving each other, just loving each other. Remember from what you have fallen, repent, and then return. And I hope that's an encouragement to you.
1: No, thank you very much. I was just, like, I wanted to stay in it and try and work things out, and I certainly still do love her. I was just kind of questioning whether, more or less, you know, I'd go to hell if okay. uh
0: no you're not going to go to hell <laughs> it's that. not an, it's listen it's not an unforgivable sin and and i think there's a real balance of the church needs to emphasize the you know the the institution of marriage is something that god takes very serious but it's not an unforgivable sin um and there is forgiveness that is there and uh, i've had pastors or people have come and said, Well, we were at a church, we remarried. And, you know, after years and and you know, all kinds of different circumstances, and he's saying we're living in adultery. Well, Jesus says it's sin, you commit adultery, but he doesn't say you live in adultery. And he recognizes that second marriage um as being married. So what do you do? Do you divorce that person and then sin again? It, see, we can really cloud the water in that. So what we want to do, and Jake, is do what's right now. Do what is right before you, and you be in prayer. Keep praying, okay? And keep seeking the Lord.
1: No, thank you so much. Have a great day, okay?
0: Okay, Jake, thanks for calling. Okay, let's go to Jose in Denver. Jose? How you
2: doing, Pastor? Jose?
0: How are you? Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm Jose. I'm the one that goes to your church. I, I actually felt the first guy that... I live in Greeley, but I, I'm in Denver
0: right now. Well, just it's have good
2: two to... Quick
0: yeah, go ahead, Jose. Thanks for calling.
2: You know who I am, right? <laughs> i uh-huh. um, Well, I just had two quick questions about, you know, because I, when I met you, you know, I told you I was a, a Catholic almost um, a year and a half ago uh, when I started right. going to your church. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm some, somehow still used to, like, doing the cross when I pass by a church. I was just going to ask you if that's wrong, should I stop doing that? And if I should still pray the Our Father before I go to bed, because I still sometimes do, I don't know if, if I should stop doing that. Um,
0: I didn't get quite the second. What was the second thing? Y- you go by a church and you pray, and then what else what were you doing?
2: What you say the Our Father? But, but
0: I do. Okay. okay, you're breaking up, but I'm gonna try to answer you as best you can because you know, I grew up in the Catholic Church, Jose. I don't know if I told you that. And Yeah, you did. Yeah, and you know, uh I know that there are those who, you know, Catholic Church, they'll pass by, they'll do the sign of the cross or they'll pray. That in and of itself is nothing wrong with that necessarily. I think that we where, where you need to to remember is this, Jose. And I want to encourage you that you know to have religious relics or go through religious motions. What is important is your heart. You know, if if you do it because you want to please the Lord, and and um, you know, Lord, I just want to honor you in some way. You know, uh, then that motivation is different than. You know, sometimes people do that. They'll do the sign of the cross or something, um, because they think it's some kind of religious thing that I do and and um I, I don't know. I, I Jose, I'll tell you a story. There was a guy that years ago that I used to work with and um he had a mouth on him. Um he'd talk about his weekend, you know, uh, partying and all of this. And then we would drive by a church, and they do the sign of the cross, well, God sees your heart, and that's the important thing and and just give your heart to the lord you You can pray if you pass by a church, you can pray if you pass by a seven eleven as long as you're just giving it to the Lord. Do you know what I mean and yeah, it, it was there was a story in the Old Testament that there was a general From Syria that came to Israel, and he talked to the prophet of God, Elijah, and he had leprosy, this general. And Elijah said, dip in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be healed. And that's what that general did. He dipped in the Jordan River seven times, he ended up being healed, and he comes to Elijah and he takes some of the dirt from Israel with him to take back to Syria. Because he just had the mindset of, you know, the God of Israel is the true God, but if I take some dirt, somehow it's going to, you know, make me closer to God. He didn't fully understand everything. And Elijah, his response was, go in peace. So if somehow, if you go by a church and, you know, you you pray, go in peace, all right? God's not going to condemn just, you for I it. I
2: think I've done it for for so long that yeah, you know, it's like I, it was indoctrinated into me since I was a kid. I was I grew up Catholic all my life until I went. you know, started going yeah. to your church and uh, it it it, it, it just actually bothers me when I don't do it and and yeah. and I don't even know what to answer to say you know, to tell you the truth. Like if it's like it's like a ritual, I would say, but not. And then if yeah. I don't do it, it's like. Like the enemy keeps in my ear and says, well, you're, you're not serving your Lord and you're unworthy. That, that's kind of what I hear yeah. from it, to be honest with well,
0: you. Well, what I'm going to say to you, Jose, is go in peace, okay?
2: <laughs> and, and then and if, if you've... I don't know if yeah, you heard my second question about the, our Father, like, is it all right if I still pray that on top of my prayers, yeah. or should I yeah. not pray that anymore?
0: Well, for me, they often... Our Father, when I grew up in the Catholic Church, I could say it so fast that I didn't even think about it. So what Jesus says is don't be praying vain reputation, reputation, you know, reputation, just repeating it. It means nothing. You can pray the Lord's Prayer, but does it mean something? Are you really pondering it? Because Jesus said, pray in this way. His disciples came to him, didn't ask, teach us to you know, teach a great Bible study or to heal, they asked them, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, pray in this manner. So as you pray it, you know, think about what it is that you're really saying so it doesn't just become a vain, you know, uh, repeating yourself. And, you know, I can say it so fast. Our Father who art in heaven, you be thy name, the kingdom come. You know, You know, we can say that, those of us who grew up in the Catholic Church especially. So just you know, as you go through it, just our Father, oh Lord, I got relationship with you. Hallowed be thy name. Lord, your name is so holy and wonderful. So think about what it is that you're praying. Rejoice in in those things. You know, really, uh, you'll find yourself that the Lord will just begin to minister to you, and you're saying, oh Lord, oh Father, I have the spirit of adoption as you grow in the Word of God. And that's usually what happens, rather than just repeating it, you know, meaningless in our heart or something. Does that make sense, Jose?
2: Yeah, it makes sense, and I think it's more, I would say, I I understand what you're saying, it has to be devotion, too, but I I think it's just so indoctrinated, and we know I grew up that way, that it's just like, I must do it, but it's like you're saying, I need to let the Lord talk to me, and, and not just go by the rituals that I used to do
0: so much so, so here jose i want you to, to also i want to encourage you you know if if you don't pray when you pass the church the lord knows your heart um don't condemn yourself that's just the enemy coming in and saying well you didn't say that prayer or you know you didn't do you know the our father and you know he'll come and condemn you i say to you go in peace and the lord knows your heart and just keep your heart close to the lord all right
2: all right, thank you, and uh, I was—I had just one little tiny question, because I've been wanting my mom to go to a, a Christian church, but she doesn't speak uh, English, Pastor. I was going to ask you if you know of any good churches in really uh, Spanish-speaking, where she could
0: go. Yeah, and that's something I really need to look into, because that is the request that I'm getting more and more. I wish we had a Spanish-speaking service here, and we're you know praying about that, and um, and i know there's probably some good ones but i i don't have a recommendation right now but jose one of the one of the requests that i'm getting too is the teachings that we do um in spanish and you know it's just like because there's so many um that are in your case that their parents or grandparents you know they don't understand english and they they that would be so beneficial and such a blessing so jose pray for us pray for us that we can minister in that way because uh, it's it's so needed
2: i will pray it just it makes me sad because my mother my mother she's a very devoted uh catholic and i just want her to to, you know go the right way instead of that way you know me and her have had our heated arguments about that but and i pray for that too and i pray that you know she opens her eyes and, and 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 really wants to go you know, and actually read Scripture, you know, when you go to church and read the Bible more, because I know as that, you know, like I said, I like grew up
0: Catholic, we do none of that. Nothing but the yeah, yeah, so. yeah, Jose. Let me pray for you, okay? Yep. Father, I pray for Jose. Thank you, my brother and Lord. um, I just pray that he would just grow in your Word, Um, that he would just know that that personal relationship that he has with you, Um, that, Lord, his heart would be devoted to you in every way. And, Lord, that as he grows, that you would just teach him, mature him. And, Lord, that you would help him minister to his mom, just reading the Scripture to her, explaining, being a blessing to her. And, Lord, we do pray that um, there are those um, all along the front range here that, uh, Lord, that they would get the teaching of the Word of God in Spanish or whatever language it is, Lord, um, because there's one gospel for every culture, for every generation. And Lord, we want to be able to proclaim that as effectively as we can. So we lift this all up to you in Jesus' name. Hey, brother, hey, thanks man. for calling. Hey, you Blessing. We'll you Hope soon. to see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. I do want to get to David in Denver. David? David? Yeah. Dave? You're on Calvary Live, David. Thanks for <laughs> calling.
3: Thanks for um, answering my call. I know we're running short on time. I did want to say uh, I appreciate um, the word you gave the previous two callers. I've been listening on the phone, and um, I, I think it's really great what you, what you said to them. I
0: well, appreciate the encouragement. Um, <laughs>
3: um, I've been trying to read my Bible a little more. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty busy, but this Scripture keeps sticking out to me, the one where it's it says um, my people will humble or if my people will hum- uh, humble themselves and seek my face something along the lines of that and it, you'll be healed and heal your land um, I, I i'm slowly memorizing it but i'm i'm kind of nervous because we're running out of time <laughs> no but um
0: it, i'm i'm going to read it to you from second chronicles chapter 7 that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Right? Yes,
3: that's the one. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, and, um, and so um, throughout my day today and um, last few days, um, I've been running into people with various health conditions. Um, mm-hmm. one, one man, he had a skin condition, Um. And and he's not a believer, but I, I kept referring back to that scripture. And I so I so I would pray for him um, that, you know, maybe he'd be healed with the skin condition. And then I, I ran into another lady who had um, MS.
0: Uh-huh. And
3: um, I, she's not a believer, too. But, you know, as we prayed, we wept. And, and I was trying to encourage her, you know, to seek Jesus. And then we prayed. And, mm-hmm. and then um, the last person... Um, today, there there was another man um, that he that I found out he's, has, um, he has he uh, has blood clots, and for some reason I I I, I paused. I usually I mean the last two people I didn't pause. This one I paused and I started thinking like I I don't know. Something blocked me. Um, yeah. But I want to pray for that that man too because yeah, he, he has blood clots and and I don't I don't know you know.
0: And, yeah, let, let's um, do that. We're got about got ready to again. end the show, David. But hey, David, I want to I want to commend you. You have a soft heart, and you know you keep ministering to people. and And don't be afraid to stop and pray. And I know sometimes we don't always do that, or we, but just be sensitive to the leading of the Lord. And but, I appreciate your soft heart, and you want to pray for them, so before we go off the air, Father, we just pray for those that David has run into. I thank you for his heart, desiring to minister to those who are sick that blood clots the man that uh, he didn't have opportunity to pray with, but Lord, we lift them up to you now and and David um is has a soft heart to where he called in before the end of the show, and we lift them up to you. We also pray for those uh, others that um have illnesses that he's prayed with. We lift them up and pray for healing. And Lord, as the scripture that he comes to mind in second Chronicles chapter seven, we pray for our nation, that there be a turning to you and Lord that you promise you bring healing and that we would humble ourselves. And Lord, that we ask that you forgive us and Lord that we would seek you in every way. So I thank you for David, help him keep growing in the word of God and keep ministering to people I pray that uh, you would grow him uh, in um, just understanding and bring in comfort to others as he ministers to them. Again, I thank you for his compassionate heart, and I thank you for um, these that he's run into even today. We lift them up to you. We pray for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, David, thank you. Thank you. You bet. Hey, hey, great show. Uh, God bless you. Thanks for all who called in. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.